everybody, and welcome back to another Pink Bod. For today's episode, we're going behind the scenes with Max Barron and Tom Richards, two of Pink Bike's video and photo crew who make these field tests and anything and everything video related happen. They shoot a lot of our review photos, film and shoot wild events like the Rampage, the Outdoorsy series, uh, Tom and Christina's videos. So I feel like there's got to be some crazy shit going down behind the cameras, and we're going to eventually get to that later on. But first, Max, before we talk about PTSD from field tests and all that, do you remember the very first thing that we filmed together? Yep. How how many years ago was that? Was that two years ago? Mm, yeah, I think it was. I think it was three summers ago. What did or we do? Where, where was it? It was so we shot up uh, above Quest University, mm. and I didn't realize that the power lines overhead messed with the lav mics. <clears throat> and so when we were shooting, captured everything we needed, whatever. And then I get home and like every third word was cut out because the there was interference. <laughs> this this so was I, your tryout. This video. is my trial. This was like yeah. I hadn't even been hired yet. So I was like shitting my pants trying to figure out what I was gonna do. And I somehow Jimmy rigged some video together that resembled the bike review. And <laughs> fast forward a few months and there it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the optic. It was when that launched. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I remember a story, you telling me a story about how you quit your job in Toronto. And you told your boss that you were leaving for a film job working for Pink Bike. But at that point, you, haven't, you hadn't even applied, I don't think. Is that how that worked out? You moved out here for this job? Yeah, yeah, kind of. So I was working, uh, I'm from BC originally. And then I moved out to Ontario for, uh, for work. And I was there for a little over a year. And when I was there, one day I woke up and I was like, I can't do this job anymore. It's just, I, I can't handle it. So I quit and I needed some excuse. I didn't have anything. So I told my boss that I got a job. It wasn't, I didn't say pink bike. I just said I got a job with an online mountain bike media outlet. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was that. And then, and then fast forward a year and a half, um, or sorry, I told him I, I quit. And then like three weeks later we moved out to BC to Squamish. And then it was about a year and a half after that, that the pink bike job came up and I just basically went for it and, it and it all came through. So it took about, I, I did it, but it was just like a year and a half late. I think they call that manifesting your destiny, Max. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so Max, I do like filming with you. You're lots of fun to film with, but I also like filming with Tom because Tom likes cars and I like cars and we mostly... He we likes most, cars. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting so excited. <laughs> we, we mostly just use the outside Slack channel to share links to overpriced Porsches. How long have you been at Pink Bike, and when are you going to get one of those things? Um, I've been at Pink Bike for just under two years, and hopefully it won't be that much longer until I get one. Maybe, maybe soon. But yeah, basically, Lee and I just spend every time we film talking about the latest stupid car that we either want to buy, can't afford, or we'll never see in our lives, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, pretty much. <laughs> I think most conversations are, are make-believe, like what's in your three or five car garage or something like that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. But you've got some quite interesting cars. You've got like a, a little, is it the West something or other? The Westphalia? Westphalia, yeah. Westphalia. Oh, Westphalia, because it always breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a little, little collection of crappy old rusty cars. Yeah. Crap, old rusty cars, carbon bikes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, and you heard him. Just because I know absolutely nothing about cameras and video gear and audio, surprise, I know everybody listening is probably super surprised to hear that. I have our audio and video specialist here to help me with gear questions, Henry Quinney. Yeah, I'm always asking them, you know, are we capturing the right amount of photons? Um, are the, are the, is the net, the net trousers of the photo good? Henry, what we really want to know is, is a tripod or a monopod better for a 10-hour day in the desert filming a field test? I don't know if that's a crude refer- reference. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> speaking, speaking of field tests, we've done a whole lot of these things. I think we're on like 10 or 11. You guys have been around for a lot of those, not all of them, but a lot of them. Max, do you have a favorite location that you could think of that we've, that we've filmed in? Um, <clears throat> the first one I did was Sedona and I think the lo- location wise, as far as shooting was, was my favorite magical. Yeah. Just everything there shoots really nicely and it was just a cool trip. Um, but I also liked when we did the sunshine coast, that was, that was, uh, that was a fun one. Dude, that was so cold. It was cold, but we had the hot tub and we were on the ocean. Yeah. It was yeah. nice. Yeah. I think that one takes the win for me in terms of the accommodation. Yeah. yeah the super baller Airbnb right on the ocean front. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys looking for in a location? Like if you guys could just, if we could just choose the location based on what you guys want to film, whether that's conditions or trails or whatever, what do you guys look for in, in a, to film a bike review? I think it would have to be a good trail that tests the bike to its appropriate limits. So if we're shooting big enduro bikes, obviously you want a really gnarly rough trail. that's going to show the bike doing its thing. And if we're shooting say 120 mil trail bikes or down country bikes, whatever you want to call them, a trail that's more fast and flowy and has some good corners and some kind of like places where the bike is going to be shown off the best it possibly can. And it all has to be close access to the, we'll get to that. the accommodation <laughs> because as we all know, there's been some hikes. Can I um, just ask a question? So there's like an unwritten rule in mountain biking media where nine times out of 10, the filmers are better riders than the person they're filming. Um, the except- exception obviously being the pros. I mean, I remember I did this one shoot in Portugal in this insert shoot. And this guy was an absolute shredder. And he was just like, can you just blow up this turn? And I was like, no. He's like, just blow it up. I'm like, I, I, I can't. Like, he was used to filming with like only World Cup riders. And he was like, no, what I want you to do is come in at like, you know, 90 degrees to the turn and just destroy, I'll, I'll repair the turn, but you just blow it up. Um, how often are you filming? Maybe me and Levy. Every maybe field other, test. Maybe other people. And you're there just like, oh God, if I, I just let me do it. Like, just put the bike here, lift it up over that, and just do this. Well, it's funny you mentioned that particular video about the tire insert, because I had to edit that one. Oh, yeah, and you probably yeah. had all the audio of me just going, I can't do it. Exactly, yeah. And there was a great shot of you slow-mo 50-50-ing a step down as well. <laughs> it's so, like when you no, know you're no, not going to make it, but they told you to do it. on purpose, because you had to show, like, we're trying to bottom out the bike. And it's a really counterintuitive thing being like, so trying to do this one like sort of huck to flat replication and it didn't really work. We couldn't get the framing right. And so there was a step down and it was like, can you just case this like 55 times? I was like, I suppose. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. So what you're saying is you were the perfect presenter for the job. I was prepared for it. Prepared, yeah. But going back to the question, how often are you filming like one of us and you're just like, oh God, if I, I know what to do. Are you ever thinking like, I should just do this? I mean, no. Well, I don't know. <laughs> why, why are you looking at me? <laughs> it's just with Levy, it's just put it in slow-mo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Zoom in, put it in slow-mo. Yeah. You figure out the tricks. 
And how important do you think it is to being a good writer, to being a good filmer? Or at least a, a competent, like, you know, filmer? Yeah, I don't think you necessarily need to be, like, a high-end rider or, or anything like that. But it does help to know how to ride. And it helps to know how different types of trails will ride and how different types of riders will ride various types of trails. And then it helps... Ultimately, when you're picking spots, like if Henry, I know how you ride a bike, and Levi, I know how you ride a bike. So if we're picking a place to go film, <laughs> we'll, why we'll, did that feel like an insult? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll pick accordingly. Yeah, that, that's a very—it's a relevant question, though, because I mean, earlier on last summer, we were in Sun Peaks, and we—you were filming. I mean, you were filming with Matt Beer, the the field test stuff there. We actually we filmed field test stuff since then with him. So you, you have to film this guy who is Canadian national downhill champion, like ridiculously fast. And then you also have to film me and Henry. Mm-hmm. So are you changing locations on the trail for stuff like that? How does that, how does that work? Yeah, I think you'll change angles a lot of the time. So you'll, you pick angles that are going to be complementary to the riding. And mm-hmm. it goes even as far as like picking a side based on what foot forward you ride especially when you're filming jumps and stuff and which way you would table and which way you'd whip Mm -hmm. you take all of that into consideration so that when you you're you know showcasing the riding it's like the in its best possible light sorry just to go on a tangent here if i may leave you we're talking about how good you have to be a rider to be a filmer Mm -hmm. how good of a rider do you think you have to be to be a tech editor oh that's a good question yeah i mean i think you you don't. You definitely don't need to be pro speed. I, I Speak would, for yourself. I would say that though, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but you need to be. You need to be good enough to ride at a fast enough pace that tests the bike while still being able to feel what's coming in. Hmm. So what that means in my mind is you need to be able to ride at eighty percent ish, and that eighty percent needs to be fast enough to to put the bike through the kind of paces that it was intended to see. And then while that's happening, you have to be able to analyze what's happening and be able to be able to share that to people in a way they understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say both of you guys are very good riders. I've like, we've filmed, you know, uh, pro athletes and then we film you guys and it's easy (laughs) to be like, you can tell a difference obviously, but then like we'll follow behind you guys and your keep up pace faster than 99% of people can. Well, I mean, you say that now, I'm in a room. Some piece is an exception. <laughs> you were fresh to Canada. You'd been... It was so bad. I remember, so got collected to go to Some Peaks. And this is the first time we met. And we had like a six hour drive yeah. to go there. So we were just, we got to know each other. I think you and I, Tom, we only spoke in peep show references and direct quotes for the Pretty first much, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was like, chance to be a fine thing. And is that a normal pooing you're doing? <laughs> yeah, it was like our own language for that trip. It was. And um, oh man, that was so funny. It was just the fact that it was with Matt Beer, he was yeah. shredding. And I was, I, I mean, basically backstory, doing a lot of quarantining, hadn't ridden a bike in like a month. And it was just like in the deep end. And it was fine. I mean, it was It was good to do. It was e-bikes. It was e-bikes as well. E-bikes. And bike parks. And bike. I can't ride. I still can't ride berms. There's this one bit. You guys are like, can you just boost off this shark fin? I was like, what's that? (laughs) And it's in the video to speak. off the ground. And, and then it's Matt Beer, like, lo- like oh, literally launching to the frame. <laughs> launching. And oh honestly, God, man, like, I, for people that don't know, I have a condition where the balance is off of my ears, where I, it's impossible for me to get off the Y-axis. 
it's 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 medically i've had it diagnosed by several doctors is that why you're so easy to push over all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's impossible just in the same way that levy's got the condition that when he goes airborne his <laughs> knees act like two north north polar magnets and they just go away from each other <laughs> it's it's these little quirks we have as tech editors that might not be immediately obvious every yeah. time i watch levy right off a jump it like immediately <laughs> takes me back to 1990s mountain bike action i'm representing man yeah, I'm on representing. A, like a foes trail bike right yeah what is what is a typical field test shooting day look for you guys what does it look like for you guys how early does it start and what are you doing tom uh pretty hectic <laughs> yeah they're pretty full-on days um especially this last tucson field test we did where max and i were shooting the product shots on a seamless background i mean the, we were doing those in the garage of the Airbnb, and we, so with the garage are open, we had to wait until it was dark every night. So we'd do a full day running around the hills in whatever thirty the, degree heat, yeah. shooting the riding shots. And we're like pale, and like it's it's like minus it's snowing where we are in Canada. <laughs> yeah, <and then clears throat> it's like yeah, thirty Canadian degrees yeah. in Tucson. <laughs> so yeah, we get back from a full day of doing the riding shots and photos. The rest of the team just go and sit with their feet around the pool and crack a beer. And Max and I are slaving away in the in the garage until what? Yeah, 10, 11, yeah, midnight. Ten was an early night. night, and yeah. then we'd have to drive to yeah. our lovely home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slightly off topic here, but Kaz booked an amazing Airbnb for all you guys, and not so much for <laughs> the film team. We, we, you, we were in like the back of a bodega, basically. You, you guys just need a place to edit. Stop being so picky. Yeah, exactly. It was Jeez. like fully like every window and door was like double barred. Yeah, and yeah, it was crazy. But this is a really good way to segue into the what can only be described as the humanitarian issue that is the efficiency test and why it needs oh, to be Lord. removed yeah. from everything forever. Yeah, I would be super excited. How, how do you feel about the efficiency I test? I hate it. I, 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 I hate it. I hate the efficiency You're test. You're not riveted while filming no. it? Just like, wow, how is this going to end? If I have PTSD from anything, it's from filming the first efficiency test with Levy. We, how, many, how many days did we go to that that? dirt road with logging trucks passing us so that was three full days of filming and then i also spent some time out there just struggling with like bluetooth we, it wasn't three full days of filming it was like three full days of trying to figure out how to get pedals to work true true and we filmed for like 30 minutes maybe yeah exactly but we were there for 10 hours i've never been the same since that field i test. was yeah we were pretty pretty not down with that one yeah. and we were on xc bikes here in lycra and the logging trucks on the going lo by. Yeah, it was like, I don't know, however big, like old it, growth cedar trees bombing past us, just dusting us out. I rewatched that video, though, and out of all the efficiency yeah. tests, it's definitely the best. Yeah. Just yeah. The, yeah, the, the most the emotion in it. makes yeah. it more real. Because Henry, that one, that one you and I talking of suffering, that one you and I shot in oh, Edmonton God. for the autumn field test last oh. year, that was pretty miserable as Can well. I, I just want to set the scene for this one. Henry was, he's still, he was still relatively new to PB. And I, I think, Henry, either I asked you or you got tasked mm. with doing the efficiency test mm. at Pemberton. And you seem, you were chipper about it. You were like, yeah. And Dude, in, in your know. head, you like, you were acting like this was not a big deal that wouldn't take 14 hours and three degrees and pouring rain. Horrific. It was horrific. It basically, because the way you shoot it, I mean, I don't want to spoil the magic for anyone that thinks it's just a one taker every time <laughs> is you you film the start and you say something fun and exciting like oh you know i wonder how this brand new trek's gonna do and everyone's obviously on the edge of their seats it's great television <laughs> and, then, and then you basically then you go back and then you have to change the pedals again to repeat the test and you do it twice yeah and honestly for some reason that it just there's something it goes to like a space-time continuum where changing pedals 
it takes just unbelievably, yeah. unbelievably long when you're changing like Garmin head units yeah. and stuff. And it is- It's terrible. It's recalibrate cool. the pedals oh. for every bike and- but, And all that it comes down to is it's basically just they're like, I don't know how to put this without, without completely discounting the great and important work we do. But it's like, wait a minute, the 37 pound enduro bike? It's slower uphill than the 34 pound enduro bike. It's Breaking news. Like, like they're all set to sag. Like they, they're just, it's, it's just so shit. <laughs> Honestly, Sorry. the the best part about the efficiency test is, is uh, it's all the stuff that nobody sees. So it's, it's immediately as I cut, like Levy will be coming up the service road. He crosses, he's all happy and chipper and like gives, you know, some bit of insight to how it went. And then as soon as it cuts, it's because Levy's like losing his mind on how shitty it is and how terrible the test is. That's the funny part. But, but it's, it's funny because it's like, I'm not saying it's not, it doesn't have any value because it, it clearly, it does and it's, it's fine. Yeah. But I just think that it's, it's quite predictable in a way yeah you know that the norco range isn't the most peddling you know <laughs> up a fire road and um yeah there are some times when it'll be in, like when we did the xc the down whatever the xcdc yeah i think the transition spur mm. had like a surprising time base yeah. like and it and it was you know it, it did better than we thought it would so there is sometimes when it's you know but it's it's not the funnest to film I will say that usually the results from the efficiency test match what we're saying about the bikes on the trail. Yes. Like when we say a bike, you know, coincidence. Feels... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it is, coinc it is coincidence. <laughs> hey, let's let's go the exact opposite direction. What about filming the huck to flat? How do you guys do that? What camera do you use? How does that go? Well, that one, Max and I, we just film the intro and then we usually get um, either Matt Butterworth from Anhill Films, if we're doing it locally, to come out with their Phantom, or when we were in Tucson, we had a guy, uh, Dustin Farrell, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he came out this time. Um, and so that one's actually pretty easy because we just do the quick, easy intro and then we film with a B roll and then we just let the Phantom guy do his thing and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool to watch that camera yeah. and those guys operate. <clears throat> yeah. It's like an hour shoot, hour and a half. As long as no bikes break. Yeah. Which, well, it happens. And how much is one of those? There are a lot. How much is a camera like that? There are a lot. It's like you could buy a really nice house. What? With, uh, with that, with like, for, like you put a down payment on a nice house. Oh shit. Yeah. So, that time that me and Levy dropped it when you went look. <laughs> 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 Vittoria has been creating performance tires since 1953. Coming soon, two of Vittoria's gravel tires, the Terreno Dry and the Terreno Zero, will come in at 47 millimeter widths. And the Mexcal, their popular MTB tire, will be available in a 44mm width. Victoria tires and accessories, including the airliner gravel and airliner mountain bike inserts, can be found at Victoria.com. Victoria airliners were created for increased control, durability, performance, and protection for tubeless tires. Use coupon code PINKBIKE at Victoria.com and get 22% off all gravel and MTB tires through the end of May. How do, you, how do you guys delegate the work when you guys go shoot? Like when, you're, when we go out and so let's say there's, there's uh, two categories of bike. How are you choosing who goes to shoot what? When, when are you doing it? How does that all play out? So we kind of, we have a formula, I guess, that we follow kind of for each field test. Now we've done enough of them where we kind of understand what we're going to need. And 
Tom and I have done a bunch yeah, together. You, you've done what eight? I don't know. I've Sedona was the first one, and I've done them all since. Okay, then, except I'm for I'm on number five. Yeah, so, so we've done a few. Levy's a real veteran of field yeah. test, though. Anyway, that's <laughs> why so I have one eye twitching all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as how we delegate the work and and just figure it all out, basically. <clears throat> When it comes to the riding, we have a person on a wide lens, we have a person on a long lens, and we have a photographer. And so that usually just stays the same for throughout the, the whole process. Um, and it just allows us to capture the tighter shots of slow, like tighter slow motion shots on the long lens. And, and then the, the wide lens will be like usually ragmo. Or, or regular motion that's we call it regmo which i don't think actually a lot of people it, do that's insider talk, talk that's yeah, wow. yeah exactly that's that's pink bike talk <laughs> i think jason came up with that um but yeah wide i'll shoot like regmo and it just gives a different feel or a different kind of clip yeah and tom am i right in saying that you're usually shooting photos yep other than the uh first one i ever did which was uh the squamish autumn field test in 20. 20 i believe was um, that the enduro bikes yeah we had like the acto 5p train and the propane spin drift tom you have shot my favorite photo of me that anybody has ever taken it's on that acto 5 on that super sharp right hand no left hand corner oh, okay. on cakewalk one, yeah. of all the trails <laughs> cakewalk yeah. it's funny actually this is probably a different topic of conversation altogether but it's funny how i looked at that photo and i was like oh it's it's worth editing and using for field test article, but I don't think it's anything special. And you've just been raving about it ever since. And oh, yeah. Interesting how different people see different photos. Yeah. yeah. But here's a question, because I have no, like, aesthetic comprehension. Like, I just, I don't know how to frame up a photo. Even for product shots, I really struggle. It's just not how my brain works at all. Um, what do you think is, do you have any kind of rules that you follow for framing stuff up? Because a lot of people, I think, would like to take better mountain biking photos. But let's face it, a lot of the photos we take for one reason or another, aren't very good. What, when you're framing up a photo, what kind of things are you looking for? Or is it nothing you can really express in a, is it just what you feel? I mean, there's a couple of like golden rules that you can either follow or not follow, depending on the scenario and the trail feature. But generally speaking, you put the rider kind of off to one third of the corner of the frame, sorry, you don't put the rider in the center. Um, and you just, again, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, depending on what the rider is gonna do, if he's gonna scrub, whip, whip to the left, whip to the right, then you kind of adjust your your angle or your lens to work around that, what the rider is going to do, and then you just figure it out. It's, mm. it's kind of like not, yeah, it's just been doing it so long now that it's kind of as intuitive. You get to a feature and you, re you just can decide within five, ten seconds, like, this is what I need to do. You're sort of up against it, though, out there, Tom, in that I feel like this is correct, in that the video seems to usually take prior priority when we're out shooting, and then you just have to find a, a, sh a photo to take. Yeah, that can be pretty frustrating sometimes as a photographer on things like field test. Um, and especially in my previous uh, job at Norco, when I was shooting kind of like bike launches, um, where the video is kind of the most important thing. Um, and you can't be there with your camera shutter, just like bombing the audio. Um, so quite often you're forced into a shot that uh, an angle that maybe you don't want to take or you have to hide behind a tree and then your your shot is compromised and you don't always have time to go and redo it so yeah that can be quite frustrating sometimes yeah i think i think we've kind of built a process too where we know we can frame people out pretty easily like we can a lot of the time the clips you'll see if i w if we were like panned 
an inch over, you would see Tom and a bunch of bikes and Bay. Like you can frame everything out pretty well for the field test stuff. And a lot of the time the audio isn't quite as important. So you're not as worried about, um, because it's all voiceover whenever we use B-roll. We don't, we don't really use the riding audio a ton. So then Tom can be over my shoulder with cam- like, you can hear the, ca- the camera actuation and it's not going to be an issue. Yeah. Quite often in field, in field test, uh, I will shoot the exact same angle that Max or the side camera, camera B person is shooting. And I'll quite literally be shooting between the legs of the tripod or over yeah. someone's shoulder or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What would you rather be shooting Tom photos or video? That's a tough one. I think for certain projects, I prefer video and certain projects I prefer photos. I like the instant satisfaction of getting a really nice shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just know, looking at even on this tiny little screen in the back of your camera, that that's going to be nice once you edit it. But I also like that kind of like process of building a video, not so much the field test, just because they're a bit more formulaic. But when you get to uh, create like a writing edit or a atomic receding video, for example, where it's a bit more of an open script, those can be really fun to bring together. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a preference as to, so you're filming, we have a wide angle long lens, two cameras going. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference to one or the other? Specifically for filming? Yeah. Would you rather be wide guy or long lens? I'd rather be long lens, but I'm not as good at focus pulling as you use, mm-hmm. so that's usually your job. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys use gimbals all the time when you're filming? or? I'd say we use them less and less now. The cameras have gotten so good where you, the in-body image stabilization is is like so dialed that you don't necessarily need it, and it speeds the process up if you don't use a gimbal. So we use them when you need to. Otherwise, we try and... Yeah. Like for beauty shots and all that, we'll definitely use them. Yeah. Though, but not all the time. If anybody's familiar with the Daily Drivers series, the B-roll of the, yeah. the people's bikes and those are usually just handheld. Yeah. You just go down to... Um, sorry, go up to 240 frames, slow-mo, and you just kind of like... Orbit. Orbit with your body and your camera, and it kind of basically just looks like a gimbal. It's all in the hips. Yeah. Have you guys started wearing knee pads yet for when you do the impossible climb and you're chasing up with a gimbal? Yeah. Because I've heard about some almighty tumbles. <laughs> We've got some good... We got some good impossible climb stories. Jesus. What we, kind of... What kind of gear are you guys using? What do you what do you shoot with? So for video, we have the we're on the Sony platform. We're we have two A7S bodies right now. That's kind of our daily A7S threes. Is that what they're? Yeah, the new ones. We have the, that's like our daily camera to use. Yeah. And then we have a seventy two hundred lens, uh, which is the long lens we use. And we also have, we have a whole like bunch all, of all the smaller ones. Yeah. yeah. And then all the like supporting stuff you could ever need. NDs, yeah. grips, grips monitors like everything you think of yeah. yeah yeah when when one of you fell during the impossible climb did the camera break have you broken a camera uh not whilst i've been a ping bike i have both max and i have broken monitors and cables mm-hmm. and all sorts yeah, of stuff yeah i've broke two monitors <laughs> but yeah the incident you're talking about was the pemberton autumn field test last year and uh max tapped out for that when i borrowed his gimbal and i may or may not have I've decked it holding that thing and it may or may not have hit the ground pretty hard and I kind of panicked a bit. I'd just written off Max's gimbal, but it was fine. Dude, you hit the ground so hard. That rock is slippery. It's hard to ride up. Yeah, well, I think it's one of the bananas we put down that I slipped oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you had someone at home who wanted to, just, just to kind of give them an, an idea, because I think in the same way that, you know, if, say if you had someone that's like, I want to get into mountain biking, they would have no idea how much it would cost initially and they might be quite surprised. If somebody wanted to get set up with like, just a good, like, kind of sort of kit, maybe their first camera. How much would you say is like a good 
a good ballpark to spend? Is that a really hard question? No. I think like you could do 1500 bucks will get you nowadays something that's really quite reasonable. And then you go to go up from there, you're basically just getting better stabilization, better colors, um, better battery. But all that stuff matters more. Like you could have somebody starting out could have a $60,000 red camera. And if they don't know how to color grade, it doesn't matter. Like it's like having a $10,000 mountain bike and you don't know how to ride rough stuff yet. Um, so $1,500 will get you like a nice, what are they? A 9,000, something like that. One of those like a series Sony's they're they're solid mm. for both photo and video. I was once, we parked up outside in Auckland when I was working for a team and we had two bags left on the seats of the car, one with a red camera and one with a few like personal effects and a passport. And someone smashed through the window and they just grabbed the passport one. Oh, shit. And wow. so this person was like, oh my God, I got my flight tomorrow, my life's ruined. And everyone else was just like, well, thank God it wasn't the camera. <laughs> just, uh, like, no, it's a really big deal. We're like, I mean, it is, but it wasn't like the red because those things are crazy expensive, yeah, right? They can be for sure. Yeah. Have you guys ever had, we, we always joke about like things like forgetting to take the lens cap off and, and losing footage and things like that. What's the worst thing that's happened on a field test shoot. Have you guys ever had disaster? Like where we've had to reshoot anything or something like that? No, just um, the, the efficiency test. That's been the worst. That first one was the worst. Yeah, it was pretty That was bad. the worst. Um, I don't know if I'd say it was the it worst. It was pretty bad. Dude, do you remember filming our intro for the fall field test? We drove to Pemberton because oh, yeah, we wanted to film it bad. in a field because it's a field <laughs> test. We thought we were being oh, that clever. Was and there's tractors and pumpkins in the field. Yeah. So we thought we were being smart and we get up there and it's fucking snowing and raining and there's snow like ice in yeah. my eyebrows. And it was so cold. We got to Whistler and it was a full on blizzard in Whistler. And then Pemberton, I guess, is like the elevation's a little lower. So we get there and it's almost snow. Like it was like, it was like sleet. It was like, yeah, it was ice rain basically. And I had like four layers on. Levy, Levy's not good in the cold in the best of days. Like he finds like 15 degrees in California freezing. That's chilly. So when we were there, like Levy, he would be in like a blanket or something when we're not shooting. And then he'd like take his jacket or his blanket off to, to go film and he's just freezing. And I was, I had a bunch of layers on and I had some makeshift, uh, umbrella that was like stuffed into my jacket. So I didn't have to hold it, but it kept me in the camera dry. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, and then we reshot it, I think. Yeah, it didn't work, so we had to reshoot yeah, it Yeah, because anyway. you were blue. Yeah, no, I was blue. I don't think we could hide the fact that I was... And it was pouring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was So then we nasty. waited a week and shot it in the sun, and it was great. I also like the time that the guy decided to rebuild his deck. Mm. Oh, I, yeah. In the neighboring house. Yeah. Were, you there, were you there for that one? <sighs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was when we were doing the one in Squamish. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We yeah. were in Squamish. Yeah, that was, was the month-long the... field test that should have been two weeks. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, we, it was like the one day, the one day that, like the the guy had like a perfectly fine operating deck. It looked great, and yeah. then and then we started shooting, and he just pulls out like six Hitachi <laughs> impact wrenches and a couple circ saws, and he just starts going to town. We're like, dude, that, that's field test in a nutshell, though, yeah, right? Yeah, we can totally. be out in like the most remote spot possible. There's no one for miles or on the top of a mountain. Oh, it's under a flight, pla flight yeah. path, yeah. Tom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. oh, you know, it's, the Forestry Commission decided it's that day they're going to do some heli logging out of the one day of the, you know, the year they're yeah. going to do it. It's that day. It's yeah. just typical. Or there's test. like a massive forest fire happening. Yeah. We've been doing a lot of complaining about field tests. I mean, they're a hell of a lot of work. Yeah. They're also they're the best. They are the best because afterwards we have all these amazing yeah. memories. Yeah, for like, sure. Once we're like six months removed, yeah. we can look back and the, be like. They're good. 
Do you have a favorite field test memory, Max? I've got a lot of good field test memories. I've got a lot of funny field test memories. Um, Can you remember driving me back? Like, absolutely. Basically, we um coming back from some peaks, and I heard about a bit of a, a get-together in the woods that I was very keen oh, to yeah. get to. Because it was my, basically my first <laughs> day good. in Squamish. And, <laughs> and I said to Max, like, dude, like, I've got to get there because I don't know where it is. It's just like map coordinates and my lift yeah. leaves at seven and we've got to get back. And so, and, so, and so we were like six, six or seven hours away. Yeah. And Henry was just talking about it was a, it was like a small grade rave. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And um, he was stoked. And I was stoked to get there because it was just like I've been on the road for so long. And I think coming out of like, you know, just had so many things waiting for this kind of to come through. And so it felt like a real occasion, like the end of the process. And I was basically just going to have a real nice time in, in this at this rave. And uh, I'm not really a raver, as you probably gathered. You know, we made, made a peep show reference. I'm more of a Mark Corrigan, you know, than a Jez Osborne. <laughs> no idea. Rainbow <laughs> rhythms, baby. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so Max said, I will get, get you back for this rave. And he said, oh, I know where that is. I can just yeah, drop oh, you straight. Yeah. That was so disappointing. <laughs> like, okay. So we go up this forest road and we are like tanking it, tanking up. And I think I see... Um, I think I see the spots. Oh, drop me off here. There's no, there's no phone coverage. And he's like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Just, just drop me off here. It's all good. Oh, I'm gonna make my way." Man. And he was just like, "Hmm, not sure. I, not sure. I feel good." And then we realised that like the eleventh hour that it was like completely the it wrong. Wasn't even close. <laughs> was we were like two hours away from the spot. <laughs> Henry, like we didn't even go up the right road. <laughs> Henry feels like. It always feels like there's some story where Henry is close to getting Man. abandoned in the bush. This <laughs> was so funny. Like, so we were, we were, we, so six hours into the drive home, yeah. we get into Squamish, we peel right to go down this random service road. <laughs> and Henry's like, yeah, it's down the, the so-and-so road. And I'm just like, oh yeah, no problem. Like, whatever. I know this road. I drive it all the time. I was like, I mixed up my two service roads that are in Squamish and I went down the wrong one. And we were, we were like an hour down the road. <laughs> And but when we were when we were driving in, Henry was t- texting his friend, being like, "Yeah, J- Max is just gonna leave me at like this fork," and <laughs> and so I was, we were like an hour down the service road, wait like an hour out of reception, and I was and we were just about to like drop Henry off at this random fork because we in the found road. the white fork and the things yeah. were lining up. Everything's right? like, and we, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I hear music there. down the like I can hear music <laughs> happening down there. It's got to be in the area. It's banjos though. It's not yeah, right no, <laughs> and it was like not even." And, and so, he couldn't have called anybody. Yes, yeah, so if, if I'd got out, he would have just gone. <laughs> I'd have just been in the middle of the bush yeah. in the middle of the night. <laughs> I mean, or just like some, some beers <laughs> and just left again. A 12 case of oh, old Milwaukee. But it's true. It's very, it's very familiar to the, when I got lost in Pemberton. It would have been the same situation. It just felt like the last day of field test for me yeah. is always a... That was so funny. Was I laughed about that for so many days. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of uh, funny Sun Peaks, uh, sorry, field test moments, one of my favorite is uh, that Sun Peaks time, Sun Peaks field test in the final night where we yeah. went out for a few beers. Yeah, a few. And uh, basically, as, if you've been to Sun Peaks, you'll know that this is the main village where everything closes at, what, 9.30 yeah, for whatever it was reason? There, yeah, it was COVID was happening and there was also like a raging fire. I think the whole, the whole resort us. was closed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. whole that Sun Peaks was, uh, well, uh, Tom, you can finish in just a sec, but um, the Sun Peaks field has probably had the most amount of stories come out of it. Yeah. And we'll get, we can get to those in a bit. But should we start with the forest fire? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So there oh, is. I can't believe we started that. I still feel so bad. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, basically, what had happened was we were all there, right? You were there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Um, 
we were like shooting one day we were up so in, at sun peaks they have this really nice xc loop and we were up in the like subalpine ish and we were sh- we were like far out of the resort shooting um e-bikes and then somebody looks to the left and it was just like a whole mountain the whole mountain below us was on fire like a huge yeah. huge blaze like you could hear it yeah, and you could, yeah. and like helicopters would be coming in, they'd look like these little ants in comparison to the side of the. Do you think the schmores were worth it, lads? Looking back, yeah. <laughs> I would contend they were. And so that fire was like six kilometers or so from. That was surreal. Sun Peaks, yeah, yeah. and and they shut down the resort. Um, they had an. Uh, there's only one road that goes in and out, so if the fire hit a certain point, everybody would have to leave. And so there was like a soft evacuation, I think, or or something like that. Like a, it wasn't yeah. an order, but it was a. Uh, recommendation to leave and and we stuck it out <laughs> that was a wild field test, field test. <laughs> yeah Dude, that was crazy we also got that that typifies field tests yeah. though there's there is something like that 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 usually happens i had to get picked up by a taxi yeah i, I bonked like 60 kilometers from home i couldn't even walk like 10 feet i was so fucked and i had to call a taxi to come get me it was a 160 dollar bonk <laughs> That's how much it cost me to get wow. back to the resort. That should be the title of your yeah. autobiography. Sixty dollar bonk with Mike Levy. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. I have such a vivid memory of that field test. Was it was the day Brian came up and told us that outside bought us. Oh yeah. So like we figured out that halfway through that 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 we were had just been acquired and we were just like wrapping our heads around that, and and Brian bought us like some drinks and stuff. So I was just gonna say because this is so funny because. We spoke last week about um, this period I went through. had a bit of a bad patch mental health. And um, I was okay. I was keeping it together, man. I wasn't good, but I was okay. It definitely hit its, its zenith, its high point at some peaks. And that's as a result of Mike Levy just being like, oh, and Henry, you're reviewing the e-bikes. And I was literally there just like, can't take anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally... Surprise, bitch. <laughs> a horrible period of depression into something that was absolutely super gnarly. And um, yeah, man, it was so... Those fucking e-bikes. <laughs> I can vividly remember my mind frame at that Sun Peaks field test. Yeah. It was like every day, you're not sure of you and then get suddenly yeah. evacuated. Walking down the corridors of the hotel we were staying in and every third door would have a cross on it, like a green cross, because the room had been... It was vacant. Vacant and being cleared. Yeah. And it was like we were in like the plague or we were, something. Yeah, you know? we were in this huge hotel and there was... there. I think there was just us who were in this massive, yeah. massive hotel. Everybody and so you gone. would walk... You were walking down the hallway and like Tom said, there's X's on every door. And you're like, oh, I wonder what those are for. And then you'd get to your room and you're like, oh, there's no X on my door. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> But anyways, going back to when we got, um, when Brian told us that we, that the outside thing, I remember we left the dinner place and, uh, Tom Levy and I, we went for a little walk and we went like up into the, like we had a little bit of a vantage point and we, it was, I don't know, 11 o'clock. So it was dark and you could look across the valley about seven kilometers or so. And then there was just this like thin line of red and it was the forest fire and you could just see it coming at you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, you know when you light a match and the match kind of flares up immediately and then yeah. settles? It was like every 30 seconds as you stared at this fire, you would see this huge flare as, you know, a pocket of whatever, 10, 20, 30 trees would It would looked like the end of the light. world. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was, I yeah, remember really like strange. waking up in the middle of the night and and opening my blinds to see if the, the hill was on fire yet yeah. and if we would have to go and rip out of there. It was quite a surreal thing. I think when we were on that kind of XC trail and we were looking back across... I mean, it was quite horrific just seeing the amount of habitat go yeah, for like sure. just wild. 
you know, when we're filming these things and we've got all these little things going on, and I guess any production, any film, anything, do you think the viewer gets is insulated from that or do you think that they they can pick up like a little it's a thing show? not that it's a, because i think we actually honestly like i think um i think without trying to blow smoke i think that the level of we're not when i talk about level of professionalism i don't mean turning up in a, in a show <laughs> in a time the right words I don't, I don't i don't mean that i mean for me like if pink bike isn't that and i would never want it to be that but i really like the fact that a pink bike kind of feels when it all goes to shit, it kind of feels like trench warfare, but I know I can really rely on you guys. And that's yeah. super cool. Like, that's what I like about it. Like, there's no, oh man, do you think they've done this? It's just like, okay, so yeah, there's a forest fire, but we're all going to get through it and it's going to be fine. Or, you know, yes, this person continuously brings not enough mayonnaise to the table at that Sun Peaks <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> oh yeah, that was another thing. The amount of mayonnaise you would, you ate that trip. And you, you would order every time. This was Henry's order. Can I have your cheapest lager? Yeah, naturally. And like the most amount of mayonnaise you could possibly fit on a plate. The poor yes. waitress is like, what? what? Yeah. yeah, but then they got me back at the end because they did bring me like an yeah. ice cream tub of mayonnaise yeah. and I said, you, you, you bested me. Yeah. Max, do you remember when I ate the meat burger at no, the Sedona Jesus. Field yeah. Test and the next day? I don't eat meat. No, yeah. I hadn't eaten meat for a while. Yeah. And then the restaurant accidentally brought me a meat burger with yeah. bacon. Yeah. And I took a bite and I was like, oh, this is this is better than I remember. So I just decided to <laughs> eat yeah, it. You, and you didn't say anything. And, no. and you'd been drinking like six liters of horchata every day. Yeah. Your stomach must have just, and monster. Well. And those little, like, candy things. But anyways, yeah, you had some rancid <laughs> bowel <laughs> movements going. That was a legendary trip to the insane. airport the next yeah, day. Yeah, and he, he, leaving was driving and locked the windows and just let it hell break loose. And Jason and I were in the back just fully suffocating. <laughs> You're just there turning up, you know, an air convent at the top yeah. of the flight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus, that was bad. Before we move on, uh, one more story from Sun Peaks. Um, oh, talking, of, talking of our level of professionalism while shooting these things, um, the final night of some peaks field test. Um, obviously, we'd done two weeks of filming, and Max, Jason, and myself wanted to go out and have a few beers. So we got this. Uh, like I said earlier, there was nowhere open past what, like nine thirty, ten mm. in some peaks village. Yeah. So we're there. We'd had like three or four beers each, and we were pretty keen to go out for some more. And there's kind of like the staff housing, maybe 10, 15 minutes walk down the road. So we started walking down because there was one bar left open there. So we started walking there and uh, this car pulled up and these two girls who worked at the resort were going back to their staff housing and they offered us a lift. So three of us crammed in and they had all their stuff from basically living on the road for the last however long they've been living on the road for in the back of the car. So it was it was because they were on evacuation order. So they had oh, their entire was, yeah. life packed yeah. into the back of this like yeah. little Toyota Corolla. Yeah. So like Jason, Max and myself were sat on like surfboards and bike wheels and <laughs> yeah. whatever else crap they had in the back of the car. And I just remember looking over Max and giggling. And then we went to this bar, had a bunch of beers. And then um, those same girls bought us a bunch of shots. Yeah. And then um, I remember thinking like, okay, um, we were drinking this like gross lime flavored margarita beer, which I cannot stand that taste. But anyway, I've, for whatever reason, I was drinking pint after pint of it. I remember thinking, okay, this is this is it. This isn't enough for me. I went to the bathroom, toilet, came back, and Jason and Max had got me a fresh pint, and that was kind of like the the beer that pushed me over the limit. <laughs> and then we went, we got back to the hotel. It must have been I don't know three a.m. or something, and we still had the impossible climb to film the next morning and <laughs> oh. then drive back to Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Didn't, yeah, didn't you barf? Yeah, uh, I may. <laughs> you did 
barf. <laughs> you did barf. <laughs> yeah, there was a moment where I had to call time out on one of the impossible climb runs that Matt was doing and go go have a moment. So if there's any shaky shots from the B cam of that impossible climb video, then I mean, I wasn't doing. You know I was on the gimbal, and the worst part of it was Matt was on e-bikes, so I had to run like double as fast. Oh, yeah. And every t- every lap, I'd be like trying to like keep keep it together, and I'd get to the top, and then. Uh, Jason would be like, oh, how, how was that, Matt? Like, I don't know. It didn't quite work or whatever. Do you want to shoot it again? And I'm just like, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> not another one. Dude, that's me. Work, every I, time you tell me to do it again. Yeah, I know. Please, no, not another one. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but I mean, it, yeah, that was a funny story. I have one last field test memory before we move on to shooting Rampage. Shooting sure. people that definitely know how to ride bikes yeah, very well. Certainly. Uh, this was at the Pemberton field test. I think this was our second Pemberton field test. So if we go back to Pemberton field test, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused. Uh, but I had my mini up there cause there's all sorts of curvy roads and stuff like that. And my boss, our boss, Brian, he's a safety conscious guy. Um, and I remember one time in Taiwan, we were riding scooters and he was using his blinkers all the time, which I mean, you don't use blinkers on a scooter. <laughs> so I, I called him blinkers. That was his nickname for like multiple years since then. And anyways, fast forward a couple of years, we're in Pemberton. I'm still calling Brian blinkers. I think I might've even called him blinkers that day. And I take the mini out and I'm having all sorts of fun. And there's a section where you have to slow down to 30. And I, I slow down to like 35, not 30. I get a cop pulls out behind me and I think he's going to pull me over, but he just keeps following me for like a kilometer or something. I'm like, oh, this is, I'm going to get away with this. You know, like the mini's not roadworthy. If I get pulled over, I am screwed. You know, like this guy's going to say like, do not drive this. And I think I should just take a corner and get away from this cop. So I, I, there's a right hand corner. There's a right hand, there's an intersection. I I turn right. Guess what I do? I don't put on my fucking blinker. after calling Brian blinkers. So this cop follows me. He doesn't turn his lights on yet. He follows me and I think, oh, I'll go through a car wash. See if he's gonna follow me through a car wash. He followed me through a car wash and then he pulled me over (laughs) for not having my, so I got a ticket for uh, obviously speeding through the the speed zone, but then I also had to go back to the house and tell Brian that I got a ticket. I also got a ticket for not using my fricking blinker. That's a good one. You think he would have let you off the speeding ticket if he just indicated? Yeah, he actually said that he wouldn't have pulled me over if I had used my indicator and just turned. But that was nine hundred and something dollars altogether. Damn. So that field hurts. test memories. Anyways, yeah. do you always do you have like a a cash reserve for the thing that you get wrong at field test? <laughs> Whether it's a ticket, you know. I think there was at some peaks there was no no at some peaks. There was the gravel ride. Oh, uh, yeah. Pemberton, there was Mishka scratching the door. Oh, my There's God. There's always something, that, like an excess. You've got to take like a grand in your pocket for just inevitably. Yeah. <laughs> the the f- some fine you're going to get. Yeah, my dog just destroyed. We stayed in this beautiful log house. It was Mish- beautiful. Yeah, Mishka comes with me most places. But she's a nervous, she's a nervous big girl. She doesn't like it when I'm not with her, you know? She likes me to be close by. And I, I left her there I went for dinner and I left her there for an hour and a half and she came home and she just like panic scratched and destroyed both custom made wood doors in this house so anyways no more field tests for Mishka (laughs) (laughs) did she banned? yeah I banned her from from log houses anyway (laughs) she she was a star of the show yeah she was yeah she'll she'll be back but just not to that house ever again before we move on let's talk about the most recent field test Tucson I think it went pretty well guys didn't it? Yeah, for the most, besides our like late night filming, 
yeah. the beauty shots. I did Sweet. hear something about some indecent exposure and like some homeowners association trouble. Yeah, Tom, do you want to take this one? <laughs> sure. Hey, it wasn't me. I'm here for the Dog Walkers Association in this car park at night. <laughs> it's a very British. <laughs> Anyways. Well, I didn't know if indecent exposure was a, was a camera set reference or not. <laughs> so yeah, we were we were trying to shoot the uh, hook to flat for the two. <laughs> <laughs> This is a dog chew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so yeah, we were trying to do the uh, shoot the hook uh, to flat for the most recent Tucson field test, and we had Dustin the Phantom Op come out, and um, we only had him for what three hours or so was it max? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had another shoot to get off to, so we were on pretty tight time crunch. I mean, those things are pretty quick to film once you get going, but the setup takes a little while, so we were just. We weren't in a super rush, but we were needing to kind of get going. So we set up everything on this basketball court of this. It was perfect. It was perfect, yeah. Was we were the, staying it in this. the best tuck to flat ever. There yep. was a playground nearby. I'm just setting the scene for everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, a, kind of a crucial point. <laughs> and then, uh, so we were just about to get going. We'd done the test shot. Everyone was ready. Phantom guy was ready. And Matt went off to take a piss way off in the bushes. Yeah, like we were surrounded by brush. It was yeah. not in and around anything that was nice. It was yeah. like dead brush that was tall. Yeah, it was like the back of this housing estate that backed yeah. onto the it desert. Was desert. And it was just the house and the basketball court and then just miles of endless desert. So Matt went off into the brush to take a piss before we started shooting. And unbeknownst to us, this woman was standing on the balcony of a... Uh, of the, ha the last house, just absolutely eagle-eyeing us. <laughs> she had her penis detector out. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize they still made those. I thought they were... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were about to get going, and then this, uh, this guy comes over to us, and he's very apologetic, to be fair. He was very nice. Yeah. And, but he was the president of the housing association, and this lady had called him just in absolute outrage yeah. screaming that we were destroying the basketball court that Matt was walking around with his dick out all these kind of things <laughs> no that's a very Matt thing and so this guy at first he was like very apologetic and just kind of came to check what we were doing and we said that we were staying at one of the Airbnbs in this housing estate he seemed fine about it and he was, seemed like he was about to walk off and then this lady who had called him came storming out of her house yeah. running over full Karen mode and just was just screaming at us screaming at the guy we had to tell she was like to filming leave. us and stuff she had like she was like brought her phone yeah. up to her faces and do you think she was a plant by vital or disrupt this shoot yeah oh it was brutal I felt bad for the guy because like yeah. he didn't want to be there he he like we weren't doing anything wrong we were we were literally going to be there for 45 minutes yeah. and we were going to be in and out we were all being like we had professional gear we weren't like hooligans or but you know that might have been part of the problem though you guys yeah. like a bunch of guys a bunch of fancy well, gear yeah i think i think they would have i think if even if we were playing yeah. basketball they would have kicked us out that's not the only place we've been kicked out from though is it i don't know <laughs> what about when we were filming up on Cyprus? Oh yeah, oh, we did. Yeah. Or that was um, Seymour. 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 We got kicked out. Same thing. Yeah. It was, yeah. 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 But that was more because I mean we're doing a commercial shoot. Yeah, and yeah. do you guys get 
um, permits and stuff like that ever for drone work or no? Nope, Max is telling me not to talk about that, everybody. <laughs> backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> we do have to take uh, into account when we're using a drone, there's some no-fly zones, for example, yeah. in Tucson. A lot of that area was the was the national park, yeah. and that's a no-fly zone, and we had to respect that, because especially because we were working, doing that uh, sponsored by the Tucson Tucson yeah. Tourism Board. That's yeah. a big UFO area, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's where all the, Dude, that's that's not start, Levy, I was not so start. excited. I spent every night on the patio, just like staring up at the sky for like yeah. four hours yeah. every night. Yeah, that was great. And all the fighter jets we'd see. Lots of fighter that jets. Was super cool. We went to the Pima Space and Air Museum, yeah. which was incredible. They had the Blackbird there, SR-71. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. It was insane. Yeah, it was amazing. Right. That's yeah. what the Beatles song's about, hey. Tom and I were doing beauty shots. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, it was amazing, yeah, just so you know. Yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Rampage now. Max, sure. you went to Rampage. Tom, you didn't, but no, I bet you're going to have a bunch of questions for Max. Yeah. Max, before we pressed record on this, you described going to Rampage as your dream and your nightmare. Can you... All bundled up into one. Yeah, why? Can you tell me why? Yeah, so Rampage, I've wanted to go to Rampage since, I don't know, when it, like 2003, basically. <clears throat> and so this is my first time that I actually got to go down to Utah and see it, let alone like be filming it and having a media pass and being able to walk around the venue and talking to everybody as they were building out their lines. And it was, you know, it was crazy experience. But leading up to it... Um, like we flew out on a Sunday and I was filming with Tom Bradshaw on the Friday and we were, we were up and around North, like in North van somewhere and we're hiking down and I stepped off something and I fully rolled my ankle, like nope. fully. I couldn't put any weight on it. Uh, I couldn't walk down the hill. I had to like jump out and ride on Tom's bike and all that stuff. So I was like, shit, I finally get to go to rampage. And now three days out, I blow up my ankle and I can't like, how am I going to walk around the mountain like this? Mm -hmm. So I was a little bummed on that, but I figured it out. I got some better hiking boots and I just taped my ankle and we made it work. Um, and then Saturday night comes around and I start to feel sick. So then I get a cold and I wasn't, it's COVID era. Like I didn't know if it was COVID or what it was. So I took a test. It was negative, but I was still unsure. Get to the airport. Um, do a test there because you have to do like a more proper test to go into the states take a test and it came back negative so i was good to go i could go to rampage but i was sick like mm -hmm. i had a head cold and so we finally get there and it's day one and i feel like my foot hurts i have a head cold i can hardly like it's just like not the best situation um and then we were driving around we we had these side by sides and we were driving around in one of those as we were leaving the venue and the one that i was in happened to roll oh. and i like, happened to roll how did it happen <laughs> it just we were driving we were just driving along that, the same thing has happened to me i yeah. hate it when they just happen to roll it's just it's just happened to roll. i wasn't the drive i wasn't driving i wasn't i was just a passenger who was driving i don't know I, I, an, I, let's just say an yeah, unnamed professional mountain biker and it rolled and like I was I'm fine it was fine but it was just like a little shaking I might have hit my head a little bit yeah. and I was just like sore and so the, that was day one of Rampage <laughs> and so like day two I wake up I have a cold my ankle hardly works and my whole body hurts from being in a slight motor vehicle accident yeah 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 uh, so that's where it was a dream and a nightmare all in one but after that it was pretty smooth sailing so Max I, I've never been to Rampage um, is there anything 
particularly have to do when it comes to dealing with the dust as far as like getting dust on in your camera. lens and all that you, kind of stuff? Yeah, well, so it's a, because everything's so far away, you're pretty much always using a long lens. So it, you don't have to change your lens a lot. As soon as you have to change a lens, that's when it gets really difficult because the wind's always blowing and it's yeah, it's just super dusty so you can screw, uh, get dust all over your sensors. But for me, I was mostly on the long lens um, and you just kind of shield yourself from the wind if you are ever doing anything as far as like changing lenses or, or adjusting camera. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you know where to be? It's a big venue. Yeah. Do you have to talk to the riders, or do the riders let all the filmers, photographers no. know the route they're going to take down? So you so we got there on on the Monday, which is the second the beginning of the second week of building. So the lines aren't like lines are usually not done until like a day or two before the event starts. So we kind of had three days of watching people build out their lines, and we were walking around. I was doing the uh, the videos with Tippy, so him and I would go around to every single line and talk to the builders and talk to the riders and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So just from doing that, I kind of got a sense of the venue and where everybody was going. And by day four, you kind of have it figured out. You 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 ha- you got a really good lay of the land on where everything is. Um, and so, th- you know, on those days leading up to the finals, you're kind of looking for good spots to film, and you can mm-hmm. you know where you can go to get um, you know the most amount of angles and stuff. Yeah. So I know that when you're filming me ride, it's obviously high tension. You just, you want to get the shot. I'm about to take big chances. But when you're filming at Rampage, like I imagine. The thing is, he's yeah, not joking. I'm not joking. No. <laughs> but when you, when you have Seminok or Braga yeah. at yeah. the top of something and you know they're going to roll down and they might yeah. do it once, they might do yeah. it twice, probably once. I don't know. Like the pressure to get this shot must be unreal. Yeah, for sure. It's almost... It's one of my favorite parts, I think, about filming because you're so, you're so in like focused on it, and you you like when when you know you can't ask them to redo it, yeah, and you know whatever they're about to do is going to be insane, yeah, and if you, even like the little things, um, like when people are dropping forty five feet, it's so hard to keep them in frame, because they accelerate as they're falling, and you don't know you don't have any reference points really, so you're just trying to keep this falling person in the middle of your. Yeah. Your, your frame uh, and that alone is like difficult let alone like focus pulling and all the other things um, but you when you when when it's happening you're just so um, like locked laser focus it's as focused as you'd be riding if not more yeah yeah you know when I think back about the times that in fact anything like writing written or presenting like I think in some ways I mean I look back and like cards on the table like I cringe like it's hard to but I think if you're not cringing then like you're not progressing and I think it's important to be able to like look back and if you look back at stuff you made a year ago and you think that's still good or like you you knocked it out of the park it's probably representative of you not really coming any further Uh oh. so <laughs> apart from Levy who's perfect in every way um how do you guys in the time you've been at Pinkbike for instance making these bike videos have you seen your felt your style Mm-hmm. change a bit or can you could you yeah. tell have you got any like kind of signatures that you think oh that was a signature of that time mm-hmm. or my kind of skill set then and that's something i do differently now yeah i think yeah going back to field tests i know we spoke about field tests a lot but it pretty much dominates what we do yeah, here for at sure. bike. um i think both max and i have noticeably improved mm. uh, both style and skill set from the first field test that i did uh to the most recent one 
the Pemberton and the uh, Tucson one were definitely kind of new-ish for me because I shot with studio lighting for the first time in an outdoor environment. Um, so that was a whole new challenge to kind of deal with. Yeah. Um, anything else, Max? I think certainly like styles have changed. Um, how like little things you throw in videos often change a lot. Um, and I mean, that even just changes from who you're working with. Like mm. when Levy and I used to do the, the explainer videos, those would be <laughs> super kooky. And then we'd go and do something else and you, you change your style based on what you're doing. But I think the, the biggest thing is just being how often we film, we've had a lot of practice in practicing the basics mm. and that's been the biggest like part of growth I'd say is as like a filmer is one being able to just get the shot and knowing like angles you can just set up really quick you can see the zone set up really quick get it and you're not gonna and you don't like miss it as often as I used to that and then also in the editing process what used to take me like a, a field test video when I first started would take me three four days to do one um, and now I can get it to almost done in like seven or eight hours, maybe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's kind of what Max is saying. The consistency really improves, I think, with this yeah. particular workload at Pink Bike. Whether that involves getting actually better as well, but certainly the, the speed at which you can edit and the speed at which you can just turn up to a trail and within, you know, mm -hmm. 10 seconds, you're like, okay, this is the shot I need to mm -hmm. take here. And yep. it may not be the most amazing shot you've ever totally. got in your life, but it's solid. It's going to be usable for the video or for the photo article. And I think that has really improved for me anyway, since my time at Pink Bike. How do you guys break up the editing after you're done filming? Do you guys always edit what you film or do you have somebody no. else do it? So with field test or just in with general? With field test. In field test, we do it where Tom and I, we've done most, I think for the last few, we've done all the editing. Yeah, for the, the, all five that I've done, I've always we've edited. edited so yeah, I, it, yeah, so yeah, same. Yeah. We usually will do um, I think we do every other video. It depends. It's changed now because we have to do them all. They're all done by the time they launch now. So we just split it. Whereas before it was, yeah, <laughs> before it was, uh, Get it done. yeah, before it would be like if uh, bike a launched on Monday and bike B launched on Tuesday, I would do bike a and Tom would do bike B and then I would do C and Tom and we just kind of work it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how much back and forth there is with you guys and um, like Tom and Christina when you guys mm -hmm. film their videos. Like Max, you mentioned explainers earlier, ex our explainer video series earlier. I feel like like I write the script for that and then you and I do lots of brainstorming and mm -hmm. we come up with some funny ideas. So for the other stuff, how involved are you guys in some of that? Do you Are you talking with Tom and Christina about scripting and things? And yep. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of the time we'll go... Like they do 99% of the work as far as the coming up with the story. Mm -hmm. And then we'll add our level of like knowledge as far as like how to do transitions and how to, you know, do mm -hmm. little things and um, we'll help in that sense. And there are times too when we'll help like formulate the story. Mm -hmm. But like when you and I work Levy, a lot of the time we'll be like, you'll have the script and you'll know what you're wanting to say. And then halfway through the shoot, we're like, oh, it'd be super funny if we do this. Yeah. And we do that and it's super funny. So yeah. a lot of the time it's just like a little bit of back and forth while that the shoot's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's 80% scripted and 20% yeah. just off the cuff. Off the cuff. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. One thing I'll, I'll say too um, about field test that a lot of people probably don't realize is it takes about 
one and a half to two months per field test from start to finish. Is it that quick? It feels like six yeah, months. I know, right? Because <laughs> it's it's two at least two weeks of filming and then three weeks of editing, probably. At, yeah, at yeah. least, at least. Yeah, that's like a fast turnaround. Three weeks is fast, and so yeah, that's why there's sometimes delays. So, I think with my experience, both in terms of working for teams, working on the YouTube stuff, and working for Pinkbike now, is the whole mountain biking industry. Like, I think that the the filmers, the the photographers are like the hardest working people at World Cups with with field tests and stuff. Do you ever look at bloody me and Levy barely, you know, with the wherewithal to put our shoes on properly, you know, come judging and probably running late, not working particularly hard. Absolutely awful. Medium we, hard. Do medium work. hard. You guys work hard. Do you just look at us and just think, you fucking idiots? <laughs> <laughs> to to be fair though, like when we're at these field tests, yeah, it's full you on. guys, it's gnarly. Like, oh, yeah. but it's full on for us. But you guys are more guys. full on for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, that's what it, I mean. Like it's savage. We're, we're doing full days. It's not like yeah. we're there just doing like doing our two hours and clocking out. Yeah. Like we're, we're there. You're there. But, but y- yeah, I guess like at Tucson, for example, it was because we chose to do the seamless. So in our head. We thought um, using a seamless backdrop or like sweet, we can do it in like two evenings hmm. and it'll be done. And like, we don't have to dedicate a whole day to beauty shots. That was the thinking behind it. Well, like, of course that's not how it went. And so the whole time we were there for what, 12 days, 13 days, Tom and I probably worked. If we didn't start at six thirty in the morning, we would start at eight at like nine, maybe uh, we'd be at your guys' house by nine out on the trails by 9.30. And we would film straight until 11.30 at night. Yep. 11, 11.30 at night. And that was every day for the whole time we were there. What would you rather do? A field test or a rampage, Max? Uh, once a year? Or at the same... I would... I, I liked rampage. I wouldn't do it more than once a year. Yeah, okay. That's fair. It's the, That's the gnarliest workload I've ever had. That was... I was so fried. I slept for like five days when I came home from that. Yeah. It was crazy. That was, Just, probably, that was probably the corona that you were getting. It was the, and maybe the slight <laughs> concussion. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was, that was, yeah. Those are full on. Tom, what's, what is the thing that you're most proud of creating here since you've come to PB? We're going to wrap it up with, with positive stuff. <laughs> This is like when we ask you guys this question in the field test reviews. I know. We're like, uh, <laughs> not the brakes. <laughs> um, I think staying on the topic of field test, uh, the hero, bike hero, bike beauty shots, whatever you want to call them, from the Pemberton yes. mm. field test. Wow. Yeah, those are so good. Those are great. Up at the glide launch with that big overhead dome light. Some of my favorite product shots I've ever taken. Yeah. And I actually really liked the riding shots in there as well because we had those orange, mm. yellowish. Yeah, that was good footage from that one. Yeah, yeah. You got that, if I may say so. I mean, it wasn't me doing it, but that awesome pan shot of me, which I still love. It was through like through the leaves. Oh, around that, above that corner. Yeah, yeah that burn was perfect so for cool. it because you were the same distance from the camera the entire way around mm. the corner, so the pan just worked perfectly. Yeah. I feel like I have the same photo of me in that same left-hand corner. It's like a little little jump drop tiny little thing and do a left hand berm uh it's similar the different yeah. corner but yeah similar well, you're yeah. good with the pants tom um so i'm pretty i like those that kind of whole series of photos from that field test i'm pretty pretty into um and then those outdoorsy shoots we did last mm-hmm. year we did four of them i filmed three i did the photos and camera 
B or camera A, whichever one it was relevant for, for all of those, for three of those, sorry. Um, and I was kind of into those videos as well, I like those. Mm-hmm. Those are cool. Max, besides wrapping up the Tucson field test soon, what's been your favorite memory? What's your favorite thing you've created? Ram- the Rampage highlights video, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, Rampage is, is a lot of work, but it's Rampage. It's by far the coolest um, pro- professional experience I've ever had. Yeah. And the highlights video was, like, Jason and I were tag-teaming it, and we had all, like, our, we, we had the, 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 like, the drop-in list. And so a- after every drop-in, we were communicating with each other to be at different parts of the hill Dialed. so we could capture what like I could capture what he couldn't see and he could capture what I couldn't see. Yeah. And so in two runs, we could basically show somebody's full complete run. Oh. And that that came out really well and it was yeah, I was stoked on that. I mean, you essentially have to have a strategy like that somewhere yeah, like sure. that eh? where yeah. the riders are going out of sight. Yeah. And like there's times that people change up their like the the second run will be different from the first run and we maybe didn't capture yeah. a a part of the first or the second run, so it's not, you know, fully accurate, but um, I mean, it is what it is, and that the that that one came out well. Did you film Semenuk's tail whip or Braga dro- Braga's drop? No. So Braga's drop, I actually have a story about that. So he crashed, right? Yep. And he first time trying it, he crashed and it hurt his shoulder and took him out. So I was on, I was standing on the takeoff, like right beside the takeoff of his drop. I had heard rumblings that he was going to be doing it, and his drop was on a different part of the venue from. Um, most of the other riders, I think it was just Reed Boggs who was also on that particular side. So I was like committed to filming Braga trying to hit this drop. Mm-hmm. I got there at eight in the morning and I, st- I sat there until 4.30 in the Jesus. afternoon. And it was like windy and he was like trying to figure it out. And he did, he, I did see him drop in on the upper part and he was doing run ups and stuff to do the, his big final drop. And I really wanted to be there and capture it. But then we had to go get COVID tests because we needed to fly home in a few days. And just how it worked, mm-hmm. that was the latest we could get a COVID test. So I I had to leave at, like, say, 4.15. I had to, like, make my way off the hill. And then as we're driving to the clinic, I see Instagram blowing up of Braga oh, had hitting and crashing. He crashed. So, like, it's he took himself out. So I'm not super, bu- like, it would yeah. be cool to see. But That actually, I have a question about that. If you're shooting something that is amazing, it's ridiculously impressive, mm-hmm. and it, it's a great shot you get out of it, or great shots, or great video, or whatever, but the rider doesn't pull it off, the mm-hmm. rider is injured. Yeah. What do you do from there? What do you guys do with that? Is that like you don't? You so we had footage of who Carson Storch was. I, I can't remember if he was guinea pigging. I think he was. He had a really gnarly drop, and he came up a little bit short. And the thing with Rampage, or at least this drop most of rampage is that the, the landings are so steep. So if you don't nail it, like you're basically free falling as you're falling down the landing. Mm-hmm. And so he cased, it was probably maybe 40 feet Jeez. cased and then sent another 20 to 25 feet down the landing and then hit like, yeah, like he was. And so I had that whole slow motion clip on camera and in order to show it, we felt like the best thing to do was to just cut it out before it, he hit. So we don't, we try not to show, yeah, show a little bit, but don't, you don't, you want to like keep a certain level of yeah. privacy, I guess, or whatever to the mm-hmm. riders. I think it depends as well if the, you kind of sit on that footage and you kind of wait and see how the rider ends up. 
if they end up being really badly hurt then you probably just never yeah gonna, for sure they're yeah. going to show that clip yeah. to anybody ever again yeah but if you know a week later they're feeling okay and they usually they want to see it and then they'll be okay with you including it in a video i did a bunch of videos with uh colin mcfarlane before i was at pink bike and no Norco. way oh he's yeah, a cool when, dude when he was on a on a nolly on nolly yeah i did a video, couple of videos for nolly of him riding in whistler and you know we're not talking rampage size stuff but we're still talking like you know three sixties yeah. off like the uh, fade to black road gap. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. yeah, <laughs> um, and not that particular shot, but a bunch of times in making those videos, he had some pretty gnarly crashes. That dude crashes so hard and just gets up and just mm-hmm. the same thing over again. It's so impressive. Um, but yeah, that was a perfect example of at the time I was kind of thinking like maybe I shouldn't use these shots, but I think it, some bloopers ended up making it into into one of them or kind of on like some Instagram like reel or whatever or whatever yeah. it was called back then. Um, so I think it all just depends on how the rider ultimately ends up being. If they're really badly mm-hmm. hurt, then you're probably never going to use that shot again. Yeah. But it can add something to a video as a blooper at the end or as a, this is the first attempt and this is the second attempt. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you just have to have a level of respect for, especially for like big sends and people trying like really risking things. You just don't want people getting two inches off the ground on shark fins. I was going to say, have to respect <laughs> that. try not to, you know, that's, that's their integrity you're putting on the line here. You, you guys have no problem putting my sketchy footage into videos. Yeah, but you're always laughing after that's you're always, <laughs> having fun on my way yeah. out. Yeah. That's just, yeah. I remember. Oh, I don't know if I should tell this story. I don't know how. You definitely, you're you definitely should. I think yeah. I find it funny, Levy. Uh, Pemberton <laughs> and there was this couple of turns that were just amazing and you've got a pretty unique style of riding turns I'd say didn't that's fair it depends like it's on purpose I know exactly I but that's, the, that. that's the most frustrating thing me and you'll be riding a trail and I will see you like weight only on the front so committed yeah. not locking the rear brake the rear wheel spinning and you just roosting the shit out of things we get the camera and you're like I'm just gonna lock my brake and slam the turn <laughs> <laughs> I'm just there like I've yeah. seen you do this like yeah. when we were testing there remember the first one we did and you on that Santa Cruz which was really good at some things not the most sure foot descender the blur TR oh yeah okay you know? Pemberton yeah yeah and you are hauling and like I'm like I'm, I'm a pretty average rider but I knew that track quite well and this was like you know maybe your first or second time down it yeah and you were hauling and I just thought oh my god Levy is gonna be doing some like organic gnarly stuff <laughs> nope on this trail <laughs> and then we were there and it was fucking running out of light and it's pissing down and you're like can we just get this shot one more time it's like Levy is you just locking a wheel and hitting the end of a berm <laughs> I thought it looked good it felt good yeah one thing we should shout out is you on the Diamondback at this Tucson oh, field god, test oh god I've never you, ridden sketchier when you sprocket case the takeoff <laughs> oh the my lord that's amazing <laughs> I for, no, I'm not gonna say yeah. that yeah. <laughs> that no. was just that was a fun one that was yeah that was trying times all right, we've been talking lots about field tests, rampage, and explainers, and all sorts of other gong shows. <laughs> Give us a, It's not always gong shows. It's only like 70% of the time it's a gong show. It's the right amount of gong show. <laughs> it's the right amount of stupid, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Tom, you also film the outdoorsy videos. What are those all about? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're doing those again this year, but that was a super fun project we did last year with Outdoorsy, which is essentially Airbnb for camper vans, trailers you name it they do it um and we did i did three of those four trips i did the cumberland one the sun peaks one and the sunshine coast one with christina yeah Yeah. um and yeah the one in cumberland was particularly difficult that was during the heat wave we had last year so i mean how tom managed to ride what was it 100k in that day in a heat wave is beyond me but 
I was having a hard enough time behind the camera, never mind riding my bike. But I just distinctly remember just absolutely sprinting around the Cumberland Trail Network with a camera bag, you know, supplies for an entire day. And because Tom was just basically doing this, loop, this lap after lap and not stopping, like we would usually, you know, to get a shot and then we push back up and get another shot. He was just doing his own thing. And Devin and I, Devin was one of our other filmers that used to work for Pink Bike. Um, we were just kind of meeting him at certain points around his, his route. I just remember just having to sprint in what was it, forty degree heat. It was so hot. Like yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't there, but I was in Squamish. It was very hot. It was I hot. couldn't go outside. It was so I. I don't think I left my air conditioned room for three days. I was loving it. Yeah, <laughs> it was perfect for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I only a had a hoodie on. and pants yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of the toughest days I've had at, at Pink Bike. But those outdoorsy shoots were really fun, though. The yeah. some peaks one we did with Jason, yeah. that was fun. And then the, the Sunshine Coast, the Christina yeah. Mountain was really good. Yeah. And those are those are featuring. The tourist area and, and that kind was, of stuff it was too. Like, yeah, it was uh, it was sponsored by Outdoorsy, so okay. it wasn't about the location as much as it was the the like uh, what the did we have? We had a tr- we had like a sprinter van. We had uh, that huge West, uh, or, Winnebago thing. Yeah, Winnebago. And Jason had a camper van. And yeah, and what was the fourth one? Wasn't it like an airstream? Oh yeah, that was when we took to Cumberland. Yeah, yeah, the airstream. The airstream. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that those were cool. Those were super fun. I suppose the airstream is literally just like a metal tube. Yeah, just ready to yeah, for you exactly. to clean. It's a human pizza. It's, a, it's an oven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what I always find not funny, but it's kind of interesting. You know, a lot of time when people see stuff. So what what can happen with mountain biking edits is, like you said, there can be someone just going around, or it's like the camera person goes down, the rider goes past, and the camera person goes down, and you kind of leapfrog it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people will say, oh my God, I can't believe that rider rode that trail. And then you realize there's a camera person that's done it <laughs> <laughs> with like a 30 pound backpack, yeah. you know, riding something super tech on like a rental bike from the local resort or something. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the person did well to ride it, but you should have seen what the, the camera person yeah, had to do yeah. to get down it. Dudes, I sometimes I offer to take your guys' backpacks. Like if you guys, if we've been filming all day, I'll wear your backpack down the hill so you guys can do a run and I am blowing it's, away. It's hard. Mm. You have like the tripod hitting the back of your oh, head. Oh yeah. Yeah. Every, every unweight. Or Jeez. Like a lot of the time the bags are too high so you can't look back. It's like picture like a that, really yeah. like high neck brace. Yeah. So you can't, you can't look. So you're going down the steep stuff and your head's like looking at your front tire and you're just trying to use your eyeballs to like see what's coming up. Yeah. That's similar to riding the Santa Cruz, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay, one, of the, one of the most horrible crashes I've ever had was in that exact snow area riding back down to the bottom to the truck at the end of a day filming. I think it was last summer sometime. And the tripod was on the side strap of my camera bag. So it was kind of sticking up probably like just to the right of my head, essentially kind of like at my ear level was where the tripod head Perfect. was. But sticking out, you know, a good like a little bit past my shoulder and then I was just happily riding down the trail at the end of the day and I kind of come into a, a berm that's re- got some trees real tight on the inside just one minute I'm riding along the next second it's like I've been clotheslined like the camera sorry, <laughs> the, the tripod head catches a tree and I'm just oh. my bike just disappears off in front of me and I'm just like left sat on the berm basically <laughs> oh goodness gracious should we end it should we end it there boys I think we covered a lot of ground we talked lots about field tests rampage filming photos yeah. I think let's cut it there. If you guys have any questions about filming and photo work at Pink Bike, put them down in the comments below. And Tom and Max just said they would love to go in and answer every question that you guys ask. So do that every and we will see one. every single one. We will see everybody next week for the next episode. Yeah.